0: across the country and around the world across the street and around the corner this is over the culture This is over the culture podcast where you get to hear my spin on things I like, like music, sports, sports entertainment, movies, TV shows, and your mom. You also get to hear about things I don't like, like these milk crate maniacs. And I'm your bastard of ceremonies, the one gig kid, Pat Stay Black, Alex Black, Reefer Sutherland, Luke Fly Talker, the most interesting blurred in podcasting, the troller of trolls, the prince of petty, Steve G. It's August 29th, 2021. 21 and these social media challenges we just love to keep up don't we remember years ago when people were splashing water on themselves in these social media challenges yeah well those same people are now doing some cosplay mario brother with these milk crates where they're amassing this these milk crates into pyramids and if you go from one side of these milk crate pyramids and get to the other you've completed the social media challenge the milk crate challenge and damn I've seen a lot of these more than I'd like and I've most of them have failed most of them don't get to the other side of these milk crate pyramids successfully they're falling they're tipping over and they're not even safe falls the people who are falling Are either falling on their ass or their face or both because they're not agile enough to land on their hands or at least try to make it to where they're not falling on their face I swear man we're gonna get dead or die trying trying to keep up with these social media challenges Dum 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 da dum dum shit dum dum shit da da dum da dum 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 shit dum 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 da da dum shit dum 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 I swear, man, if it's not for the cow milk in the milk crates, it's gonna be the milk crates themselves. Goddammit, that kills us. But I ain't participating in that shit. How about a positive social media challenge for once? Positive black male role model challenge words of uplifting challenge be your friend's light pick a friend any friend a friend or family just call them give them some positive words be their light for that day for that moment how about that try that come on facebook's twitter's mark zuckerberg's i know you listening you fuck. So over the week, uh, I I came across this documentary available on HBO Max, and it's not even new. It came out in 2018. I've never heard of this man, but it's a documentary on uh, the life of a man named Ellis Haslip. And before Arsenio, before Oprah Winfrey, he was the first black TV host. Of a, of a nationally syndicated program and the the program was called soul it was a, a variety show and he had a lot of prominent black people of the time from the motown people from aretha franklin stevie wonder uh, the delphonics uh, to jesse jackson uh, and stokely carmichael and he was uh, he would interview these people during a time when a lot of shit was going on and soul ran from 19 19- 1968 to 1973, and the documentary on HBO Max, it's called Soul, and it, it covers the life and times of Ellis Hazlitt, Haslip. and I've never heard of the brother, I, I consider myself a pop culture junkie, uh, a pop culture blurred, and a uh, shame, shame on you, Steve, uh, you, you need to do better, but it, it's definitely worth uh, a, a check out and uh i don't know it, it might not be new to you but it was new to me and also over the week west side gun of the infamous griselda gang releases his latest project hitler wears hermes eight sincerely adolf now don't care for the title i don't think i would use hit that man's name for anything i'm associated with but i do like the actual project itself uh, it's 40 minutes and 29 seconds, 13 songs. Uh, there's features from AA Rashid, Stove God Cooks, uh, Mac Homie, uh, Sauce Walker, Bodie James, Lil Wayne, <clears throat> Conway the Machine, of course, and Benny the Butcher. And uh, I, I probably added about half of this album. To my playlist. Uh, some of the tracks that stand out, uh Westheimer, the that's the one that features Boldy James and Sasquaka and the stove god cooks. Uh Bash Money, Lil Wayne, he he stepped it up. Uh, he's been hit or miss for me these last couple outings of his. But uh in this song, Bash Money, yeah, he definitely came through. Uh, they they finish it out with seven, seven, six. 716 mile uh, that's a project with Bodie James and uh, all of the tracks with Bodie James is pretty good um, I like the Westheimer. that's the one with Bodie James sauce Waka and stove God cooks and then there's uh, Claire's back with Conway the Machine and Benny the Butcher so yeah man Hitler wears Hermes 8 sincerely Adolf but also uh, the town is talking the streets are talking the interwebs are speaking about Donda Kanye finally released his latest project, Donda, named after his, his mom, R.I.P. And, uh, you know, he, I, I expected him to do this because most artists are releasing their albums on Friday, and I, I just knew with the anticipation of this that he was going to do some unorthodox shit, a la Jay-Z, a la Beyonce, a la Kendrick. I believe he did the same thing when he released Damn. But uh, it's also the King of Pop's birthday. And I don't know if he specifically picked the 29th of August uh, because of this. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure the King of Pop, Michael Jackson himself, uh, was a influence on his music career. And <clears throat> I've seen some of the reviews from some of my peers. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of split so far. I've seen some people saying they love it. I'm seeing some people, you know, give it a a one out of ten, two out of ten, and along with that, people calling him crazy. Which, hey, I'm not going to disagree with. Yeah, but I will give the man this: he's a fucking genius. Uh, Most of the people that we've admired are role models, are, are icons, are heroes, are idols. There's a little bit of insanity. A lot of geniuses probably all geniuses have a little bit of insanity probably a lot of insanity and i've never taken that away from the man i've talked shit about kanye from time to time and i'm coming back around the corner because i'm looking at his growth pause as an artist he's evolved he's come a long way from college dropout uh he in a way is getting his sasha fierce on His Ziggy stardust because it's not like his old shit people want the old Kanye and It just don't work like that for a lot of these people You want your your artists to grow you don't want the I? Don't want that. I don't want to keep them in that same spot in that same place because hey, man, that's not how life works You learn new things along the way and with this Donda album I I get a sense of Yeezy which I also enjoyed it was really experimental um, and I'm not even fully done with it yet the album is 27 songs 1 hour and 48 minutes yes it's you you could watch the movie Friday the original one play this from the beginning of the opening scene by the end of Friday and the the closing credits of Friday, Donda will still be playing. It's that damn long. So I, I got to listen to the rest of it when I get home. Uh, you know, I, I just didn't expect all of these features. I'm probably about six tracks in and I already like half of those. The man went all out. I mean, uh, there's been listening events at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, He had a star-studded cast of people around him for these listening parties. Selena Johnson, Pusha T, the world-famous Tony Williams, Don Tolliver, Lil Baby, The Weeknd, Baby Keem, Travis Scott, Lil Yachty, Playboy Cardi, Lil Dirt, Vorey, Fivio, Foreign, Kid Cuddy, Young Thug, Chris Brown, Roddy Ridge, Conway the Machine, Westside Gun, Jadakiss, J Electronica, Sheik Louch, uh, Styles P, Pop Smoke, Francis and the Lights, The Baby, Marilyn Manson, Jay-Z, and the Sunday Service Choir. Uh, I mean, he put everything in this. He went complete Barnum and Bailey Ringling Brothers with this shit. So... It couldn't disappoint. The opening track, Jail, has a feature from Jay Z, and I didn't even know those guys were on good terms. I don't know. I haven't been keeping up as close as uh, maybe some of y'all, man, but uh, it's called Jail, and that's a good track. Uh, he's got Off the Grid, uh, Hurricane West. God damn it. It's just too many. Too many. Some of the people I mentioned are featured throughout this album and the album cover is just all black because hey what would you expect he he went epic with the promotion with the marketing and he becomes subdued with the actual project but the music the quality of the music that I've heard so far it is an example of an artist evolving Because it's not just it's not just Ziggy Stardust and experimentation. He's got bars in there, and I'm only a quarter of a way through this goddamn album. He, Kanye is spitting. There's there's some hint of the old Kanye, but hey, accept him as he is. And I'm that's growth for me to be able to even entertain listening to the man's album. Uh, I, I know before, a while ago, I said I was done, done and done with this man. He's a looney tune, I can't stand this shit, stop this MAGA shit, take that goddamn red hat off, but damn, you can't deny greatness. So Donda, if you have time, if, if you need to wait until your off day to fully enjoy this album, which I might have to do, uh, yeah, man. And if you like good hip-hop, open up your mind, open up your ears. Donda is here. But all things August 29th. In 1995, Junior Mafia released the album Conspiracy. And Conspiracy was one of the first CDs I ever bought. One of the first albums I bought in CD form. Uh, I had some Christmas money, and so I went to Best Buy, and I bought Conspiracy and Dog Food by The Dog Pound. And both are classic albums. Junior Mafia click thick like Luke dancers. Niggas grab your gats. Bitches take a glance at the little one. Pulling over in the Land Rover, playing Big Willie style with the chauffeur. You know what I mean? Yeah, that happened in 1995. And on that same day, Faith Evans, the widow of Biggie Small, she releases her album, Faith. In 1997, Netflix is founded by Mark Randolph and Reed Hastings in Scotts Valley, California, as an online DVD rental business. And at that point, Blockbuster, you were on notice. On August 29, 2006, The Roots released the album Game Theory. I remember buying that at Best Buy, and it's not one of my favorite Roots albums. It, it's, it gets a passing grade, solely off of Black Thought. Uh, and on that same day in 2006, Too Shirt sure released the album Blow the Whistle uh, with the, the title track. Uh, that's what it's mostly famous for. And on that same day in 2006, Young Drill releases Best Thing Smoking. And out of the, those three albums in 2006, that's probably my favorite. Because the album cut, My Girl Got a Girlfriend, Chevy Blue Light Whirlwind. Yeah, man. And then, of course, Shoulder Lean. That shit had America going crazy all summer, 06. All summer, 06. But more importantly, I'm going to be talking about three different events that occurred on August 29th. In 1988, the first, the very first, SummerSlam aired on pay-per-view. And then four years later, in 1992, SummerSlam 92 aired. In 1994, two years after that, SummerSlam 94 premiered. Now, these three are actually relevant to me growing up, being a wrestling fan, like, you know, some of y'all. I mean, obviously, SummerSlam 88, that was the first one. That was the inaugural SummerSlam. And SummerSlam itself is one of the cornerstone pay-per-views of WWF slash WWE, WrestleMania, of course, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. And this was at a time when there were only four pay-per-views throughout the year. Now, there's about one every goddamn week. Just trying to keep up. Vince is just trying to stay afloat. And then in 92, that one stood out because it was in London. I believe that was the first pay-per-view in England. And the main event was Bret the Hitman Hart versus British Bulldog. And his Stella got his groove bag, her groove bag braids. Um, They were brothers-in-law at the time. Uh, British Bulldog married Bret Hart's sister. And he, Bret Hart, was the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, And, you know, because it was good for business, British Bulldog beat him. And it was an epic match. But a fun fact about that match, British Bulldog was high on crack cocaine. Yes. He was out partying up all night with another one of uh, Brett's brothers-in-law, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, famously known from the Hart Foundation. They were up all night partying and smoking crack. So, yeah, that was the main event of SummerSlam in Wembley Stadium. Packed, wall-to-wall, sold out. And he put on a great performance. The match was just about under 20 minutes. And I didn't even know that. Did you? And in 94, the main event in that year's SummerSlam was Undertaker versus Undertaker. I remember the vignettes that Leslie Nielsen was doing. Uh, He was on the hunt. He was on the case to find where's Undertaker. Because the last time we had seen Undertaker at the time, he had a casket match with Yokozuna in that year's Royal Rumble. And, you know, he was a face. He, this is the beginning stages of his face era and it got to the point where yokozuna and a bunch of his goons they jumped undertaker he just kept getting up and they just kept beating the shit out of him and he kept getting up and it got to the point where they just like got a hold of him and just threw him in the casket and then there was this uh vignette where he's in the casket, and he's talking to you from the casket, and you could see it on the titantron, and this is early 90s uh, special effects, and that was the last time we had seen Undertaker until SummerSlam that year in 94, uh, but throughout that time, they would do little clips, little little quick vignettes with Leslie Nielsen as a detective. He was on the prowl looking for Undertaker uh, because he was on a hiatus, so also throughout that time the million dollar man he had his own undertaker saying that that was the real undertaker so it would be the million dollar man's undertaker versus the actual undertaker with paul bear and i'm going to be talking about all of that later day in sports history. In 1885, boxing's first heavyweight title fight with three ounce gloves and three minute rounds fought between John L. Sullivan and Dominic McCaffrey. I know, who gives a fuck, right? In 1925, after a night on the town, Babe Ruth shows up late for batting practice, and Miller Huggins suspends Ruth and slaps a $5,000 fine on him. And uh, you know what, I don't know if I've said this before on this show, but up today I'm saying it. God damn it, if uh, Avalide played any time before black blairs were allowed, uh, I don't care how fucking great he was of his time, put an asterisk next to his name, just like you put an asterisk next to Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa's name. Babe Ruth never got to fucking play with Bob Gibson, he never played with fucking Ken Griffey Jr. or uh, Ozzie Smith, or fucking he didn't even get to play with a Hank Aaron or Willie Mays, fat son of a bitch. And speaking of Babe Ruth, in 1964 on on Elston Howard night, Mickey Mantle ties Babe Ruth's career strikeout record, 1,330. In 1965, Willie Mays sets the National League record for home runs in a month with his 17th in August. In 1969, Joe Pepitone quits the Yankees after being fined $500 for leaving the bench. In 1977, St. Louis Cardinal Lou Brock eclipses Ty Cobb's 49-year-old career stolen bases record at 893 as the Padres win 4-3. In 1982, George Brett hits his 1,500th hit. In 1987, Nolan Ryan passes the 200 strikeout barrier for a record 11th time. In 2012, the USA DA claims to have stripped Lance Armstrong of his seven Tour de France titles. And in 2018, star quarterback Aaron Rodgers signs NFL record contract extension with the Green Bay Packers, four years worth $134 million, rising to a possible $180 million, with a record $103 million in guarantees. And that was my Half-Fast Sports Report. Coming up, I'm going to go over the main events of SummerSlam's 88, 92, and 94 as they all happened in their respective years on August 29th. Yeah, brother! Mm -hmm. We'll be black after these messages. In today's birthdays for August 29th, Turning 41 today is American basketball player David West. Happy 44th birthday to American baseball player Roy Oswald. Also turning 44 today is American basketball player Devin George. Happy 53rd birthday to German-American singer-songwriter Michelle Indiacello, I think. Turning 56 today is American basketball player and sportscaster Will Perdue. Happy 59th birthday to American football player and sportscaster Carl Banks. Turning 62 today is American actress Rebecca De Mornay. Happy 72nd birthday to American wrestler and actor Stan Hansen. And turning 83 today is American actor and producer Elliot Gould. What happens when you move all the black and brown people out of the neighborhood and replace them with urban, professionally-minded 30-something Caucasians? What's up, bruh, do you vape? Tight, homie, want to join my fantasy league? From the producers of Job Discrimination Disco, Fox presents a new reality show that's guaranteed to keep the property value rising. Gentrification, this fall on Fox.
1: I redesign internal workings of revolutions. Noise polluting, convoluted riot looters. Religious zealots, Hail Mary's Hallelujahs. I'm crafted to be callous, no laughing for your malice. They wanna catch me sleeping like for Hampton on a mattress. A walk in target practice, Black Lives Matter. I'm on a stairway to heaven, reaching for a ladder public enemy number one under the sun i was born coming out of the womb under a gun elephant in the middle taking up all the room couldn't walk down the streets for the neighborhood platoons back into the time frame following the present history repeats itself teaching us an early lesson because they weren't no citizens or and out immigrant securing the homeland warriors the children pass the torch pass the torch to me brother pass the torch to me brother they tryna to burn us down passing the torch passing the torch to my brother passing the torch to my brother don't let them burn us down pass the torch pass the torch freedom is just a sensation Wrath in glorification force feeding complacence teach the sheep to be patient and it's generations the great deception we're facing a salute to freemasons one nation under surveillance that's a harsh realization they just waiting to touch you ain't no need to confront you they got you right where they want you cops of corporate Gestapo flex their arms to enforce it's open season on villains killing civilians for sport a government for the people long as we just keep calm millions of voices ignored is it not clear something's wrong they like to Dimple, the door all we need is a window. Symphony of injustice about to reach his crescendo. Remember Freddie Gray, Tamir Rice, Eric Garner, Jordan Baker, Alter Sterling, Tance Crutcher. Many lives destroyed by hatred. Light a candle for Philando. Cops blush sides like Rambo. Who ain't gonna stand up? bust back. If y'all fed up, say fuck that torch. Pass the torch to me, brother. Pass the torch to me, brother. they trying to burn us down. Passing the torch. Passing the torch to my brother. Passing the torch to my brother. Don't let them burn us down. Pass the torch. You claim that you serve a protect. As my head is on the curb, and you standing on my neck? Say my, my name, name for these shady plans built, built from hollow laws. laws. It won't mimic the old days of Holocaust. Say my name for the victims of your jurisdiction. Those depicted as criminals fit in your description. Say my name for the misunderstood common man. For women abused, mistreated just like Sandra Bland. Say my name for those locked in the war zone. Those disposed up in cold just like Corey Jones. Say my name for those deleted at your discretion. Be prepared and aware for the resurrection. and what I wish for him is what I wish for her too and what I wish for them is what I wish for us too and what I wish for all is what I wish for me too it's what I wish for me too too. it's what I wish for me too
0: special mention to those no longer with us this past Tuesday we lost English musician Charlie Watts born Charles Robert Watts on June 2, 1941 in London England he achieved international fame as the drummer of the Rolling Stones from 1963 until his death in 2021 one of the band's core members Watts alongside lead vocalist Mick Jagger and guitarist Keith Richards were the only members of the band to perform on all of their studio albums Nicknamed the Wembley Whammer by Jagger, Watts cited jazz as a major influence on his drumming style. Originally trained as a graphic artist, Watts developed an interest in jazz at a young age and joined the band Blues Incorporated, He also started playing drums in London's Rhythm and Blues Clubs, where he met future bandmates Jagger, Richards, and Brian Jones. In January 1963, he left Blues Incorporated and joined the Rolling Stones as drummer, while doubling as designer of their record sleeves and tour stages. Watt's first public appearance as a member was in February 1963, and he remained with the group until his death 58 years later. Aside from his career with Rolling Stones, Watts toured with his own group, the Charlie Watts Quintet, and appeared in London at Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club with the Charlie Watts Tintet. In 1989, Watts was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and in 2004 into the UK Music Hall of Fame with the Rolling Stones, although Watts did not attend the former. He is often regarded as one of the greatest drummers of all time. Watts died at London Hospital on August 24, 2021, at the age of 80, with his family around him. Watts' bandmates Jagger, Richards, and Wood paid tribute to him as well as former bandmate Wyman. Several other classic rock celebrities as well as other musicians also paid tribute to Watts following his death, including Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Elton John, Brian Wilson, Pete Townsend, the members of U2, Brian Adams, Danny Harrison, Liam Gallagher, Brian May, Queen drummer, Roger Taylor, Kenny Jones, Chad Smith, Quest Love, and Max Weinberg. On the day of his death and the following four days, the Rolling Stones official website contents were replaced with a single picture of Watts in his memory. Two days after his death, Jason Isbell and Brittany Spencer dedicated a cover performance of Give Me Shelter to Watts. On August 27th, the band's social media accounts shared a montage of pictures and videos of Watts. Michael Jackson was an American singer, songwriter, and dancer. Born Michael Joseph Jackson on August 29, 1958, in Gary, Indiana, he would earn the alias the King of Pop, as he is regarded as one of the most significant cultural figures of the 20th century. Over a four-decade career, his contributions to music, dance, and fashion, along with his publicized personal life, made him a global figure in popular culture. He influenced artists across many genres and through stage and video performances popularized complicated dance moves such as the moonwalk to which he gave the name and the robot. He is the most awarded music artist in history. The eighth child of the Jackson family, Jackson made his professional debut in 1964 with his elder brothers Jackie, Tito, Jermaine and Marlon as a member of the Jackson Five. Jackson began his solo career in 1971 while at Motown Records, and became a solo star with his 1979 album, Off The Wall. His music videos, including those for Beat It, Billie Jean, and Thriller from his 1982 album, Thriller, are credited with breaking racial barriers and transforming the medium into an art form and promotional tool. He helped propel the success of MTV and continued to innovate with videos on the albums, Bad, Dangerous, and His Story, Past, Present, and Future, Book One. Thriller became the best-selling album of all time, while Bad was the first album to produce five U.S. Billboard Hot 100 number 1 singles with I Just Can't Stop Loving You, Bad, The Way You Make Me Feel, Man in the Mirror, and Dirty Diana. From the late 1980s, Jackson became a figure of controversy and speculation due to his changing appearance, relationships, behavior and lifestyle. In 1993, he was accused of sexually abusing the child of a family friend. The lawsuit was settled out of civil court and Jackson was not indicted due to lack of evidence. In 2005, he was tried and acquitted of further child sexual abuse allegations and several other charges. In 2009, while preparing for a series of comeback concerts, This Is It, Jackson died from an overdose of propofol, administered by his personal physician, Conrad Murray, who was subsequently convicted of involuntary manslaughter. Jackson is one of the best-selling music artists of all time, with estimated sales of over 400 million records worldwide. He had 13 Billboard Hot 100 number 1 singles, more than any other male artist in the Hot 100 era, and was the first artist to have a top 10 single in the Billboard Hot 100 in five different decades. His honors include 15 Grammy Awards, a Juno Award, 6 Brit Awards, a Golden Globe Award, and 39 Guinness World Records, including the most successful entertainer of all time jackson's inductions include the rock and roll hall of fame twice the vocal group hall of fame the songwriters hall of fame the dance hall of fame and he's the only recording artist to be inducted in the dance hall of fame the black music and entertainment walk of fame and rhythm and blues music hall of fame in 2016 his estate earned 825 million dollars the highest yearly amount for a celebrity ever recorded by forbes Robin Leach was a British entertainment reporter and writer. Born Robin Douglas Leach on August 29, 1941 in London, England, he began his career as a print journalist, first in England and then in the United States, and he became best known for hosting the television series Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous from 1984 to 1995. The show focused on profiling well-known celebrities and their lavish homes, cars, and other materialistic details. Leach died on August 24, 2018, due to complications of a stroke he had while on vacation in Cabo San Lucas on November 21, 2017. His death was announced through a family statement, and he was 76 at the time of his death. Joel Schumacher was an American film director, screenwriter, producer, and costume designer. Born on August 29, 1939, in New York City, he was raised by his mother and Schumacher graduated from Parsons School of Design and became a fashion designer. He first entered filmmaking as a production and costume designer before gaining writing credits on Car Wash, Sparkle, and The Wiz. Schumacher received little attention for his first theatrically released films, The Incredible Shrinking Woman and DC Cab, but rose to prominence after directing St. Elmo's Fire, The Lost Boys, and The Client. Schumacher was selected to replace Tim Burton as director of the Batman franchise and oversaw Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Later Schumacher directed smaller budgeted films including Tigerland and Phone Booth. In 2004 he directed The Phantom of the Opera which was released to mixed reviews. His final directorial work was for two episodes of House of Cards. Critical reaction to Schumacher's films ranged from accolades for The Lost Boys, Falling Down, Tigerland, and Phone Booth to Disdain for Batman and Robin. On June 22, 2020, Schumacher died from cancer. Following his death, he was praised by Jim Carrey and Matthew McConaughey, who credited Schumacher with launching their careers. He was 80 years old at the time of his death. John McCain was an American politician, statesman, and United States Navy officer. Born John Sidney McCain III on August 29, 1936 in Coco Solo, Panama, he served as a United States Senator for Arizona from 1987 until his death in 2018. He previously served two terms in the United States House of Representatives and was the Republican nominee for President of the United States in the 2008 election, which he lost to Barack Obama. McCain graduated from the United States Naval Academy in 1958 and received a commission in the United States Navy. He became a naval aviator and flew ground-attack aircraft from aircraft carriers. During the Vietnam War, McCain almost died in the 1967 USS Forrestal Fire. While on a bombing mission during Operation Rolling Thunder over Hanoi in October 1967, he was shot down, seriously injured, and captured by the North Vietnamese. McCain was a prisoner of war until 1973. He experienced episodes of torture and refused an out-of-sequence early release. During the war, McCain sustained wounds that left him with lifelong physical disabilities. He retired from the Navy as a captain in 1981 and moved to Arizona, where he entered politics. In 1982, McCain was elected to the United States House of Representatives, where he served two terms. He was elected to the US Senate in 1986, succeeding the 1964 Republican presidential nominee and conservative icon Barry Goldwater upon his retirement. McCain easily won re election five times. While generally adhering to conservative principles, McCain also gained a reputation as a maverick for his willingness to break from his party on certain issues, including LGBT rights, gun regulations, and campaign finance reform, where his stances were more moderate than those of the party's base. McCain was investigated and largely exonerated in a political influence scandal of the 1980s as one of the Keating Five. He then made regulating the financing of political campaigns one of his signature concerns, which eventually resulted in passage of the McCain-Feingold Act in 2002. He was also known for his work in the 1990s to restore diplomatic relations with Vietnam. McCain chaired the Senate Commerce Committee from 1997 to 2001 and 2003 to 2005, where he opposed pork barrel spending and earmarks. He belonged to the bipartisan Gang of 14, which played a key role in alleviating a crisis over judicial nominations. McCain entered the race for the Republican nomination for president in 2000, but lost a heated primary season contest to Governor George W. Bush of Texas. He secured the Republican presidential nomination in 2008, beating fellow candidates Mitt Romney and Mike Huckabee, though he lost the general election to Barack Obama. McCain subsequently adopted more orthodox conservative stances and attitudes and largely opposed actions of the Obama administration, especially with regard to the foreign policy matters. In 2015, he became chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee. He refused to support then-Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump in 2016. McCain entered the race for the Republican nomination for president in 2000, but lost a heated primary season contest to Governor George W. Bush of Texas. He secured the Republican presidential nomination in 2008, beating fellow candidates Mitt Romney and Mike Huckabee, though he lost the general election to Barack Obama. McCain subsequently adopted more orthodox conservative stances and attitudes and largely opposed actions of the Obama administration, especially with regard to foreign policy matters. In 2015, he became chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee. He refused to support then-Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump in 2016. McCain won re-election to a sixth and final term that same year. McCain was a vocal critic of the Trump administration. While McCain opposed the Affordable Care Act, he cast the deciding vote against the ACA repealing American Health Care Act of 2017. After being diagnosed with brain cancer that same year, He reduced his role in the Senate in order to focus on treatment and supported the passage of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. He died on August 25, 2018, aged 81. Following his death, McCain lay in state in the Arizona State Capitol Rotunda and then in the United States Capitol Rotunda. His funeral was televised from the Washington National Cathedral with the former presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama giving eulogies. Rest easy, y'all. Summerslam 88 was the inaugural Summerslam professional wrestling pay-per-view produced by the World Wrestling Federation. It took place on August 29, 1988 in Madison Square Garden. The pay-per-view was created to help the company compete against rival promotion World Championship Wrestling it was one of the first four annual pay-per-view events produced by the wwf along with wrestlemania the royal rumble and survivor series the event consisted of ten professional wrestling matches the preliminary matches included a title defense by intercontinental champion the honky-tonk man against a surprise challenger who turned out to be the ultimate warrior The Ultimate Warrior won the match in just 31 seconds to end Honky Talk's 14-month title reign, the longest Intercontinental Championship reign in history. The main event was a match pitting the Mega Powers, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, against their longtime rivals, the Mega Bucks, Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant. Summerslam 92 was the fifth annual Summerslam Professional Wrestling pay-per-view it took place on saturday august 29, 1992 at Wembley stadium in london england and aired on august 31st it was the first major wwf pay per view to take place outside north america the pay per view included two main event matches and in the first the ultimate warrior challenged macho man randy savage for the wwf world heavyweight championship the Warrior won the match by countout, but did not win the title. In the other event, the British Bulldog wrestled Bret Hart to win the WWF Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. The undercard also included the Natural Disasters retaining the WWF Tag Team Championship against the Beverly Brothers, and Shawn Michaels and Rick Martell wrestling to a double countout in a match with the stipulation that the wrestlers were banned from hitting each other in the face. WWE considers the crowd to be the fourth-largest live audience to ever attend their company's events, with 80,355 in attendance. The British bulldog Bret Hart match has been rated the best match in SummerSlam history. SummerSlam 94 was the seventh annual SummerSlam produced by WWF, and it aired on August 29, 1994, at the newly opened United Center in Chicago, Illinois, which had opened 11 days earlier. The pay per view had two main events. The first pitted Owen Hart against his brother, Brett, in a steel cage match. Brett won the match, but the storyline feud escalated after Owen and his brother in law, Jim neidhart attacked Brett after the match the other main event was a match between the real undertaker portrayed by mark calloway and an impostor undertaker portrayed by brian lee the real undertaker won the match and the impostor character did not appear in the wwf again the undercard included a match for the wwf intercontinental championship between diesel and Razor ramon which ramon won to regain the title the other major angle going into summerslam was a feud in which tatanka accused lex luger of joining the million dollar corporation a stable of heel wrestlers This storyline turned out to be a swerve, as Tatanka was revealed to have secretly joined the corporation. For months prior to the pay-per-view in 88, Hulk Hogan and the WWF champion at the time, Randy Savage, were two of the WWF's top crowd favorites, and they had feuded with Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase, respectively. The two feuds first came together at WrestleMania IV, a 14-man single elimination tournament that was set up to crown a new champion. Hogan and Andre had been disqualified in their quarterfinal match, while Savage and DiBiase reached the championship match. In that final match, Savage defeated DiBiase with help from Hogan. Savage and DiBiase feuded over the title throughout the spring and summer, but Andre did not become involved until midsummer, when he and DiBiase helped instigate a 2-on-1 attack against Savage as he was delivering a promo. Savage quickly recovered and challenged Andre and DiBiase to a tag team match against him and a partner to be named. That partner later was revealed to be Hogan. The team became known as the Mega Powers. The Andre DiBiase team, which dubbed itself the Mega Bucks, retaliated by announcing the guest referee would be someone they declared to be fair and neutral. Jesse Ventura, a color commentator on the WWF's programs who favored the villains, though according to the main storyline, Ventura was chosen by WWF president Jack Tunney as the only person capable of handling such a match. The Mega Powers were accompanied by Miss Elizabeth, and the Mega Bucks were accompanied by Andre's manager, Bobby Heenan, and DiBiase's bodyguard, Virgil. Jesse Ventura was the special guest referee, and the Mega Powers took the early advantage over DiBiase. After Hogan attacked Andre the Giant, who was on the ring apron, the Mega Bucks were able to regain control. After a while, all four men began brawling, and Andre knocked the Mega Powers out of the ring. Subsequently, as part of the scripted ending to the match, Miss Elizabeth began arguing with, with Ventura, the referee, and ripped off her skirt to reveal her panties. While the Mega Bucks were distracted, Savage climbed to the top rope and dropped the macho elbow on DiBiase, followed by Hogan hitting the leg drop on DiBiase. As Hogan pinned DiBiase, Ventura, a villainous character aligned with the Mega Bucks, began an obviously slow three count. As a result, Savage slammed Ventura's arm down for the third time, indicating that Hogan and Savage had won the match. In 1992 SummerSlam, one of the main events was the Intercontinental Championship match between Bret Hart and Davy Boy Smith, brothers-in-law in real life, as Smith was married to Diana Hart, Bret's sister. On television broadcasts leading up to SummerSlam, interviews with Diana and her mother Helen portrayed the family as being torn apart by the upcoming match. Bruce Hart publicly supported Smith, while Owen Hart sided with his brother Brett. Diana stated that she did not know who she wanted to win the match, as she had close ties to both men. She ultimately stated that she simply hoped that neither wrestler would get hurt. Prior to the match, Smith was hospitalized with a legitimate staph infection in his knee. Despite the concerns about his health, he decided to wrestle the match's plan. Brett Hart later revealed in an interview that he doubted the legitimacy of the injury. With Brett as champion, the British Bulldog was the challenger, and he was accompanied by the reigning Commonwealth heavyweight boxing champion and London native Lennox Lewis. In the opening minutes, Hart uses technical wrestling abilities, and Smith relied on his power advantage. Hart got control of the match with a reverse atomic drop and a Samoan drop. Smith came back with a monkey flip, but Hart regained the advantage with a Bulldog and a plancha. Smith eventually recovered and tried to pin Hart with a backslide. Hart escaped the pen attempt and wore Smith down with sleeper holds. Smith gained the advantage, however, and used power moves to control the match, including a running power slam and a variety of suplexes. Hart managed to place Smith in the sharpshooter. Hart's signature submission hold. Smith escaped the hold, however, and threw Hart against the ropes. While running back at Smith, Hart attempted a sunset flip. Smith countered the move and pinned Hart to win the Intercontinental Championship. Immediately after the match, Hart refused to shake Smith's hand. He soon changed his mind, however, and hugged Smith as well as Diana Hart, who was celebrating with her husband. Writing in his autobiography, Hitman, My Real Life in the Cartoon World of Wrestling, Hart recalled that prior to the match, he had been unable to contact Smith to prepare for the match, as Smith had spent a few weeks before the match smoking crack cocaine with Jim Neidhart. After losing a casket match to Yokozuna at the 1994 Royal Rumble, The Undertaker did not appear in the WWF for several months. In reality, he was given time off to allow a back injury to heal. The WWF foreshadowed his return by airing videos of people who claimed to have seen The Undertaker. Eventually, DiBiase, who introduced The Undertaker to the WWF in 1990, claimed to have brought The Undertaker back to the WWF. But Paul Bearer informed him that DiBiase's Undertaker was an imposter and that Bearer had located the true Undertaker. This led to a match at Summerslam pitting the two Undertakers against each other. In the build-up to the match, Leslie Nielsen performed short segments trying to solve the mystery of how two Undertakers could exist in a spin-off of his roles on Police Squad in the Naked Gun films. After DiBiase's Undertaker walked to the ring, Paul Bearer appeared by himself while pushing a casket to the ring. He reached inside the casket and pulled out an urn, which had a light inside it when Bearer removed its lid. Bear's Undertaker came to the ring and confronted DiBiase's Undertaker. Both wrestlers were wearing identical costumes, but Bear's Undertaker wore purple gloves, while Dibiase's wore gray. Bear's Undertaker kicked his opponent out of the ring, where Dibiase's Undertaker tried to attack Bear. Dibiase's Undertaker attempted to perform an arm twist rope walk chop, but Bear's Undertaker stopped him and performed the move. Dibiase's Undertaker then performed a choke slam and a tombstone piledriver. As he tried for another tombstone piledriver, Bear's Undertaker reversed it and performed the move. Bears Undertaker then performed two more Tombstone Piledrivers before getting the pinfall victory. A group of people dressed as druids came to ringside and put DiBiase's Undertaker in the casket and took the casket away. And that was a real brief rundown of the three main events of Summerslam 88, 92, and 94. Happy Anniversary. BROTHER So that wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to check out my other show, Happen in the 90s every Thursday with my buddy Matt G, as well as our sister show, Crushgasm with Kendra. And uh, can somebody point me in the direction of Steph Curry's mama? (laughs) Yeah, I heard she's on the shelf. Rhyme scheme, bitches. September 17th. Yeah.